Welcome to a special episode of Gospel Truth with Andrew Wanick, a teaching ministry focusing on God's unconditional love and grace. I'm one of those who makes his program must-see TV in starting my day. Today, Andrew continues his interview with acclaimed sportscaster James Brown and his wife Dorothy. You go out and declare the glory of the Lord and He will take you to heights unimaginable. And now, here's Andrew. Awesome. <laughs> so anyway, you guys have been married how long now? Wow, I think we're um, going on 24 years this December. Wow. So, yes. Wow. Yes. And the biggest challenge has been with me what? The biggest challenge? Yeah. Well, you're not challenging. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, that's because you got me whipped into shape now. I love to say I'm a well-trained husband How often husband are now. you gone? You, you travel with the During the NFL. football season, I'm on the road 23 consecutive weekends. Uh, so it's a pretty aggressive uh, stretch, but we try to make certain that again, in our daily prayer time, that we're spending some quality time together and with the Lord. And, and I'm learning at her feet right now because she's so well entrenched in understanding the tabernacle of Moses and helping me to understand the application of the tabernacle, whether it's the furniture pieces, the construction of the tabernacle, how that relates to us in the game of life. And it's, it's awesome. Mm, yeah, I was yeah. teaching on that this morning on my TV programs that I was making, I was talking about the tabernacle. So you, do you teach on a regular basis? I do uh, at our Bibles, um, our church's Bible college. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of like a, a college semester, fall and spring. Oh, mm -hmm. so do you, how often do you teach? Uh, every week. Oh, mm -hmm. really? Once a week. Mm -hmm. Very mm -hmm. good. Yeah, enjoy it. Oh, no, so how do you great. handle him being gone 23 weekends in a row? Well, you know, he only leaves, he leaves usually on um, sat Saturday mornings mm -hmm. and then he returns Sunday evenings. So he's really just gone one, one evening. Um, especially this year because you don't have the mm -hmm. Thursday night football. So it's usually about three or four days a week that I'm on the road because I do have a show on Tuesday. But you have a lot of preparation too. Oh, heavens, yes. A lot of people think you just show up. Oh, and, and you know that as well too. Although you're gifted and flowing in the spirit. Andrew, by the way, understands TV far better than me. So I'm glad to be working with you and you're asking the questions. But there is a lot of preparation. And what Dorothy is referencing last year when I had was blessed to have Thursday night football responsibilities. So I will leave on Saturdays, go to New York for our NFL Today uh, studio show on Sundays, come back home late Sunday night, leave out super early Tuesday morning, go back to New York to do the inside the NFL football show, and then fly out Wednesday to go to wherever the Thursday night game was being broadcast and come home Friday morning. So it's a pretty aggressive schedule. But again, what's key for me is staying in the Word and having a, a wife who is so steeped in the Word is a blessing as well. Mm -hmm. Now, Tony Dungy and you have a weekly Bible study too. I, I was impressed with all of that. So mm -hmm. It's amazing how that developed because uh, when Tony and Lauren were praying the last few years of his uh, tenure as a head coach, asking the Lord, when do you want me to leave football and to move into the ministry work? And he had been engaged in a lot of uh, prison ministry work uh, through A. Brown, Reverend A. Brown in uh, Tampa. And that very much uh, touched Tony's heart and he still does it. But he was also conducting a Bible study with NFL coaches once a week. Um, and we had some members at the hotel where we stay, some workers who would come up on Saturdays with me to do a five, 10, 15 minute Bible study asking questions. And then Tony Dungy on Sunday mornings would do the same thing. And Mike Hines is a gentleman who um, asked, well, why do we have to stop simply because football season's over? So we started a Bible study conference call that you heard when I was blessed to come and speak at your men's conference. You came in towards the tail end of it. So we've been doing that for seven years now. Tony is a teacher, a marvelous teacher who like you can take 
um, spiritual complexities, if you will, and break it down in lay language to understand the proper interpretation and most importantly, the, as our friend Ron Pemberton says, the application of it. And it's awesome. And I'm usually the teacher who fills in when Tony is not there to do it as well. It's been wonderful. So Tony loves doing all of that. So he's got a couple Bible studies. Uh, he also leads one, co-leads with his pastor at uh, their church, uh, Grace Family Church in Tampa. He teaches Bible study there. They actually had him, Tony wanted to serve. So they asked Tony, what did he want to do? And he says, hey, let me be on the parking lot ministry. That's how unpretentious wow. he is. But he got fired from the parking lot ministry because they, there are multiple services. It's a large church. And Tony was backing up traffic with people Everybody asking for his autograph and talking to him. So they fired him from that ministry, you know, yeah. But man, man, that speaks again to his humility yes. and the fact, man, you know, I told a guy one time, I said, if you're all wrapped up in yourself, you make a very small package. Mm. And that's mm. where a lot of people live. They just yes, are impressed with themselves. So you deal with people in the uh, football realm and in the uh, television realm that aren't necessarily Christians. Mm -hmm. and. Christians, I believe, as a whole, perceive that as a hostile environment. There's a lot of things said against Christianity and stuff. How do you deal with this? Because now I've come to know, both of you, that you guys are committed to the Lord. You do not compromise. How do you live a committed Christian life in a secular environment like that? Great question, Andrew. Uh, it's, again, a process of growth and understanding and rightly dividing God's Word. When I was in the secular world full-time before I became saved, working in corporate America with two uh, Fortune 100 companies, um, we were given by a senior executive uh, some ingredients. Um, it was called the objective and subjective criteria for success in corporate America. All good principles, but worldly principles. Uh, communication skills, uh, your dress and attire, uh, being able to interact in a diverse group, uh, overcoming adversity. But as I grew in the Word of God, and, and those are good principles and they work, but they lacked depth. And as I got to understand the Word of God and rightly divided, those principles, any principles, had to be rooted in foundation stones that were biblical. So with communication skills, it was rooted for me in uh, 1 Corinthians 15:33, uh, evil communications corrupts good good, uh, mm -hmm. good manners. Um, or um, uh, Matthew 12:34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our bishop used to say, you can locate a person by what they say and how they say it and what they're talking about. So I wanted to internalize all these principles. So all these ingredients had to be rooted in biblical principles and I had to model them no matter what challenges I was faced with um, uh, in society. And let me give Dorothy a little credit because I also have a syndicated show that I'm doing at you talk about keeping things plain and simple. It's called the James Brown Show. And as Dorothy was watching one of the interviews we were doing with the football player, we won't give his name, who um, clearly um, is looking for a relationship with Jesus Christ, but maybe doesn't know it. Dorothy came up to now me. See, that's your politically correct way of saying he wasn't seeking God at all. Correct. <laughs> correct. See, you're, and he said you're that. so polite. <laughs> but, I'm just, I was translating for yeah, all the people. But Dorothy there. saw that. And what she did, she came up and she just asked, she says, would you mind if I went to give him a track about Jesus Christ? Are you okay? I said, if the Holy Spirit is leading you that way, thanks for asking, go do it. And so she gave him a track. So she planted a seed, recognizing again, as in God's word, it says, one plants a seed, another waters, 
but God gives the increase. But that's her heart as well, too, in seeing that. And so that's how we try to do it. People know who we are. We don't try to make bones about it. Look, I know my boss did not hire me to proselytize, but what he got with me is someone who is a devoted Christian to live because all truth is parallel. What's true in the natural is true in the supernatural. We have bosses that we answer to here. Well, guess what? We will have a boss that we'll answer to at the end of the day as well. Does that make sense? And you know, I think that sometimes Christians take their commitment to the Lord and they use, like for instance, in your position, they would use that position to talk about the Lord. That's not what you were hired for. And that would actually not be serving your people well. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that you don't live a Christian life and that you don't have Christian values and that you don't participate in the ungodly things that others might do. So I think there's a balance between that and lots of times people don't strike it. Seems like you have. Uh, Yeah, I know, uh, I believe people give credit to St. Francis of Assisi who said it, but um, where um, he said, um, you know, preach the gospel everywhere you go and speak if necessary. So I try to model the behavior. Now, and this has happened a number of times certainly, and I can say this because I did ask Terry Bradshaw for permission. Um, If you're modeling that behavior And I've had even a couple of other players do the same thing. One on a plane ride home with my brother and I, John, who went home to be with the Lord uh, about five years ago, he asked, you know, what Bible can I read that will help me to understand matters? So he asked. So clearly there's some fruit. Or Bradshaw one time when he was having some difficulties in his personal life, he asked me after the show, uh, can can you take me home afterwards? And I I just want to sit and discuss some things and and pray. So hopefully I'm modeling it now. If somebody again gives me that open door, then you do that. They always go to her because they see how she models that grace and models that love of Jesus Christ as well. And sometimes it's, it's a little easier for them to go and ask her than maybe to come to. But your uh, superiors must have seen your witness because I've heard you talk about like a, an interview you did with Marilyn Hickey and you yes. went to, where was it, Afghanistan? We went to Pakistan, yeah, to Lahore, mm-hmm. Pakistan. And so they wow. recognize your the spiritual part of your life and they give you freedom to And, and you know what, and Andrew, I liked, uh, again, your seven mountains of influence in society, mm-hmm. which is they're Christians in every sphere of life. And we are to model Christ-like behavior and principles to have an effect and influence in that regard. Um, so yes, they've seen that. And when I was blessed to be uh, asked to be a special correspondent for CBS News, I mean, I'm to be agnostic. I'm to be you know, impartial the whole nine yards. But the ball said, look, I know you'd like to, like to do a lot of things in the uh, world of faith. If you've got some good stories, bring them to us. And we've had a number of stories That's that awesome. my colleague, who happens to be a Christian, uh, Alvin Patrick, we've done a number of stories that are journalistically sound, none more so than Marilyn Hickey, when she was getting access, and still is, globally, in countries that are hostile to Christianity. And when she was asking which network would want to follow her to Pakistan, where she has unprecedented access to imams over there, the, the Muslim you know, spiritual leader, if you will, uh, the, the grand imam who had 1,100 other imams under him, uh, I thought, oh my gosh, can we do it? And our news executive was impressed because she was getting more access at the highest levels than even our American ambassadors were. So wow. that was of particular interest, and but she did, not, she did not shy away from saying, no, we go over and we're teaching Jesus Christ. And not only are they hostile to Christianity in some ways, but a woman. Uh, that was, it's, it's amazing. It had to be God that opened up these doors. She's wonderful. I said, 
Dr. Hickey, how is it that you're getting access? She says, well, you know, they're thinking, well, I'm 86 years of age at that time, and I'm a woman, and she's old, you know, and she's stupid, so she's harmless, and she says, <laughs> I get access everywhere. Now, I did ask her, I said, well, but Dr. Hickey, you're going over there to convert. She says, oh, no, 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 I'm not converting. I'm planting the seeds. I'm looking for transformation. They believe in that Jesus is a prophet, the prophet. They believe that he heals. They want healing. She says, I plant the seed. God does the rest and transforms. And she was you know, awesome. There is a revival happening among the Muslims. Matter mm -hmm. of fact, we just got a testimony. I'm on television over in Pakistan mm -hmm. and one of the imams got born again watching my program. Mm. And he now teaches my spirit, soul and body in the mosque every Friday. How awesome is that? <laughs> I don't even know how that works, but <laughs> how awesome is that? But, you know, there's good things happening among them. Now there's a lot of, uh, people in the sports world, specifically football and stuff, that you hear all of the weird stuff that they do and how that they're beating their girlfriends and having this and all of these things. But man, there's some godly people in there. Like you were talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and some of their players last Super Bowl. And man, it sounds like that uh, they got some really committed Christians on that team. Can I tell you how I loved how that team defied the so-called experts and critics throughout the postseason and how they were getting it done. And not unlike society at large, most of the attention in terms of the news goes to those who are engaged in aberrant behavior. That's right. And they don't necessarily reflect the majority, but they're the ones who get, they're the loud, they're the loud ones. Mm -hmm. They get all the, the attention. The Philadelphia Eagles, their head coach, an awesome Christian, who just a few years ago was leading the football team at a Christian school, high school down in, in Louisiana. Their starting quarterback, Carson Wentz, strong brother in Christ. The backup quarterback, Nick Foles, strong brother in Christ, and a half a dozen others. That football coach allowed the team to stay back at the hotel and come to the game a little later than usual. They still get there well in advance to prepare for the game because a number of players have said, there were a couple of other players on the team who wanted to be baptized wow. in the pool at the hotel. Wow. So he let that bus come a little bit later so those players could baptize him. So before the Super Bowl, the, well, they the, were the, having a baptism. Oh, they, they've done it uh, throughout, you know, but you know, priorities. And, and even with the backup quarterback where the so-called experts were saying, he can't do it, he doesn't have the same kind of talent the whole nine yards, he never said that, but the coaching staff strategically and tactically worked around the strengths that he had. And his, Nick Foles' attitude was to be like one of the joints in the body of Christ that supported the team. And he went out there and defied the odds and they won the Super Bowl and people had to scratch their heads. And you can call it whatever you want, but they had some strong Christian representation on that team and you can't help but love that story. Man, that is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, did any of this make the major news media? Not to the degree that one would like to think, but they certainly, all the players have been very bold about it. They've been engaged in uh, revivals. Uh, they've been engaged in, um, in ministry work. Uh, they're, they're living their faith. Uh, and there's some very strong stories for sure. Um, and it's interesting, you mentioned Tony Dungy again. Um, the press, they couldn't find the backup quarterback who not only helped to propel the team to the Super Bowl, but was the MVP. They went looking for him after the game and they couldn't find him. They couldn't find him, Nick Foles, nor the starting quarterback who was injured, nor a few other players. They were off in a room by themselves 
giving thanks to the Lord. Praise but the Lord. when they saw Tony Dungy go by, they waved him in. So he got to get some pictures back there of those guys and what they were doing. Of course, in, on social media, it went viral because you know that's what social media is all about. But you know, the secular news media, they don't really amplify those things the way they should. So this brings me to another thing that you and Tony are gonna actually have a program where I don't know, have you come up with a name, but you're gonna go behind the scenes and interview some of these people like this and start putting out some of these positive stories. And let me just say, much like all of the wonderful people who support Andrew Womack Ministries, and you've got some, some world changers, some movers and shakers, our aim and attitude is to make certain that whatever we do glorifies the Lord and speaks to the character and integrity of who you have been all these years, you and Jamie. And when we chatted before, we were talking about one of the real vexing problems that the NFL is facing. And we started sharing with you, you know, we, we know that there are a number of players who are good guys who are doing some meaningful things in their communities, trying to strengthen the fabric of those communities. But they just don't get the recognition. Yeah. Coaches as well. Bob Kraft, uh, Jewish owner of the uh, New England Patriots. He took a, a, a contingent a few years ago, and they've done it two or three times since, and I was humbled to be the correspondent invited to go with them, over to Israel, a group of Jews and Christians. Talk about the fellowship of Christians and Jews in action. He took them over to Israel so that we could see firsthand what was going over there. He sits in on the Bible studies of his Christian players. So there are a number of good stories like that. We just want to showcase those stories like any other story that might get shown just to provide some balance. So mm -hmm. I know that we've talked about putting this on our Gospel Truth yes. Network mm -hmm. and stuff. Have you got any other outlets or are we just, are we your pilot program to see how this goes? <laughs> I hope that doesn't scare you. Oh, We're gonna no. be the, you'll be the pilot program and Tony and I are very excited about it. We're gonna sit with uh, your staff, with Steve and the excellent people surrounding you. Again, understanding the way things are done. It's almost to me like um, Moses when his father-in-law Jethro told him, you can't do all of this yourself and you need some help. So he appointed the 70 elders, but we still take it to Moses. We still bring it to you so that you understand what the story is, what the journalistic legs we feel there are that are, are inherent in that story, and that it is about faith and the like. That is what we want to bring to you, and prayerfully there will be an appetite for that out there. But Tony and I are excited about that. Well, I yes. think that there is a need for getting some of these godly stories about good things in sports. Yes. You know, back when I was a kid, I was, I was played sports. I never was any good at it or anything, but I played sports. But sports was something that you looked up to the athletes. They all were moral people. They gave you uh, a good example. They were like role models for a lot of people. Today, I would say that the typical sports person, or at least the perception is that they are not moral people. And yet there are a lot of godly people out there and we need to once again start sharing those stories. That is the perception for sure. I've been humbled. The NFL has a number of post-athletic career pursuit programs that they expose their athletes to towards the end of their career so that they can move effectively and prayerfully seamlessly into the work world after what is a very short NFL career. Mm -hmm. On average, 3.4 years is the average lifespan of an NFL player. I've been blessed to host their broadcast boot camp for the 11 years that it's been in existence. And clearly they're gonna get who I am and whose I am in doing that. But we know that there are some good people out there and we tell them, you know what, being a role model 
It is whether you want to be or not, de That's facto, right. Right. you are. So why not be the best role model that you can be? Because there's some little boy, some little girl out there that's patterning themselves after you. When you look at that and see a reflection, is that what you want to see? Because that's going to uh, color and influence the way they go through the rest of their lives, sometimes even more so than what parents or teachers might have to say. So it is a responsibility you need to take seriously. So do you think that... Uh you have enough people in the NFL that you can make oh, absolutely. Uh, positive good stories. role models out of? We've got more than a number of good stories, good role models that the public would love to hear more about what they're doing. So we can definitely fill a good I really, schedule. I yep. really mm -hmm. think that this is something that could get legs and have a life to it because, again, the news media only shows the bad stuff because that's the stuff that draws ratings and stuff. And, and you know, but even when we did, um, um, when I did the recordings uh, at the NFL, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame last year, you saw the number of athletes that we had. We were looking for athletes with good backstories. Clearly, I like those that have stories of faith, but overwhelmingly, they happened to be men who had good stories of faith. Were you encouraged and impressed with the athletes that you heard me interviewing for the syndicated show and what their stories were? Oh, uh, very much so. But also when you did the JV um, show, oh. the, the award show that you did. Okay, with the NFL Players NFL. Association. Yeah. I did that for about eight years, and I'm so sorry that that's not still in existence. Uh, but I did partner with the NFL Players Association to select players to get uh, what was called the JB Award. And these are players who uh, have been nominated by their team for what they do in the community, out of the public eye, out of the spotlight, but again, looking to strengthen the fabric of their communities. And there, and we did it for eight years. Now, and still have many aired? others. I never saw we, that. We, it, unfortunately, it wasn't on television. It was just a big event that grew to be one of the biggest events in Washington, D.C. It was one of the few one-night events that grossed a million dollars because people wow. wanted to come out and hear stories by these athletes. We had a number of people Dr. Ben Carson uh, was there one year because he had heard so much about it as well, too. So it grew to be a very vibrant event. And the beneficiary was the D.C. Special Olympics. And these guys, they love doing it. They just didn't get the recognition for that as well, too. So prayerfully, this will be yet another venue yeah. that the Lord is bringing. Well, about. see, that'd be something that fit great with our Gospel Truth TV. We yes, can sir. just turn you loose and have you speak as be as bold and open with the gospel as you want to be. Yes, sir. That's awesome. Look for Let me to ask it. you this. Uh, you were talking about the average lifespan of an NFL player. What's the average lifespan of an NFL broadcaster? Oh, I guess I've, <laughs> I, I've uh, moved. You know, that's interesting. Hey, Andrew, wow. Because the no, reason, you're right. I'm, no, the you're reason right. I'm asking you're is right. because right now you're at the top of your game and wow. there are a lot of things happening, but you know what? There's been a lot of turnover among broadcasters. Where do you see this going? One of your staff members, uh, Barry Bennett, a marvelous teacher, uh, I guess he's now the Dean of Instructors mm -hmm. at your Bible College, uh, written a book, maybe a couple books, but the one that Dorothy turned me on to, Hearing from God, and I've been delving into that. Um, and having grown up in corporate America, I hope I'm answering your question. I was a type A and probably still am type A personality. You know, you can't expect what you don't inspect and you got to lay out a game plan and you've got to think about every possible contingent as you're mapping out the game plan of your life. Well, one morning in my devotional studies, I heard it in my spirit strongly. The Lord was asking through my devotional reading for that day, where am I in this? Do I have anything to say about this? You know, many are the plans and devices of a man's heart, but 
the Lord's purpose is mm -hmm. what will be accomplished. That caught me. So I'm not quite sure. I would like to think, Andrew, that he's been preparing me all along the way, but where to next? I don't know because whereas I was trying to definitively define what the next is, in Barry Bennett's book again, it said there's a difference between hearing and knowing that there is a call on your life, and we all do, there's a purpose and mission for all of us, but also knowing when God says he's sending you, not to get ahead of God. So I'm just trying to properly prepare for whatever that is. I mean, heavens, Dorothy and I are here on your program. Are you kidding me? Who would have thunk that? A kid from Southeast DC, from a very <laughs> modest family, I'm family, and I'm sitting up here talking to Andrew Womack, but I know I had a strong praying mom who when she got a hold of Jesus Christ, or maybe it was the opposite, when he got a hold of her, it was all about the Word of God. And that's all we're trying to do is to glorify Him and whatever that next is, fine. And you're right, I, I have been at this a lot longer than many have in that regard, but I just want to, again, consistent with your seven mountains of influence, your seven M approach. I just want to, like Daniel in the Bible, just be about excellence in everything I do and have sustained excellence. And whatever the Lord has in way of the next for me, he'll reveal that to me. But I'm not sure what that is, Andrew. Does that make sense? Yeah. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow as Andrew continues his interview with James and Dorothy Brown. to invite you to come to our 2019 Men's Advance. I'm going to have back James Brown and Tony Dungy. And these guys are just awesome. They've been with me the last year or two, and we have had a wonderful time. This is also the first time we will have used our brand new auditorium for the Men's Advance. I can guarantee you the ministry of myself, James Brown, and Tony Dungy will be great. Remember, that's March the 14th through the 16th at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park. Today you viewed a portion of Andrew's interview with James and Dorothy Brown. The interview in its entirety is available on either CD or DVD for a gift of any amount when you contact us. And I hope that you've enjoyed our program that we made with JB and Dorothy today. And you know what? We would like to encourage you to get JB's teaching that he did at our men's advance entitled mm. Break the Huddle and Run the Play. Did you know my pastor preached on that for wow. two weeks? He was so impressed with that. Mm. So we're going to offer that to you if you would like to get it. What's that about? Just give a little brief. An athletically themed but biblically sound message encouraging us to go out there and do what God says. In the game of football, when the play has been given to the team, they go out and execute. God gives us plays to run. We need to execute them as well. Amen. So I tell you, this was a powerful message. And not only would it bless you individually, but again, if you have somebody who may not be seeking the Lord the way they should, but they love sports, mm. this could be a way into their hearts. So check it out. Our announcer will give you all the information. Andrew would like to offer you James Brown's live teaching from Andrew Womack Ministries Men's Advance. It's titled, Break the Huddle and Run the Play. It's available on either CD or DVD for a gift of any amount.
Our helpline number is 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, seven days a week at awmi.net. I'd like to invite you to come to our campus days. We'll have all of our instructors ministering. We will have fellowship time together. There'll be questions and answers. And it's an opportunity for you to just come check out not only the spiritual things, but the facilities here. We have one of the most beautiful campuses in the world. If you can't relate to God and find God through the surroundings, then the Word that we share will definitely bring you to another level. It'll be an awesome time right here in Woodland Park. 